G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Author Robert Farah Capon said, Christianity is not a religion. It is the announcement of the end of religion. Religion consists of all the things the human race has ever thought it had to do to get right with God. About those things, he says, Christianity has only two comments to make. First, none of them ever had the least chance of doing the trick. The blood of bulls and goats can never take away sins, says the epistle to the Hebrews. And no effort of ours to keep the law of God can ever succeed. And that's what we read in the epistle to the Romans. The second, he says, is that everything religion tried and failed to do has been perfectly done once and for all by Jesus in his death and resurrection. For Christians then, the entire religion shop has been closed, boarded up, and forgotten. The church is not in the religion business. It never has been, and it never will be. In spite of all the ecclesiastical turkeys through the 2,000 years of church history who have acted as if religion was their stock in trade, the church instead is in the gospel-proclaiming business. It is not here to bring the world the bad news that God will think kindly about us only after we've gone through certain creedal, liturgical, and ethical wickets. It is here to bring the world the good news that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It is here, in short, for no religious purpose at all, only to announce the gospel of free grace. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg. And throughout this week, we've been looking at how to escape from legalism. And welcome, Ken. Uh, we've been considering how the church has used God's law for a purpose which it wasn't given. And uh, you wrapped that up quite nicely in your intro there. It's fair to say that we don't actually need God's law to be legalistic, though. I believe you're absolutely right, Phil. Uh, we found many ways to be legalistic without using the Old Testament law. Let me give you some examples that I come across. There's what I would call doctrinal legalism. I'm sure you've met this. That's where one person insists on compliance over non-essential beliefs. Uh, you know that, that there are things that we we need to believe to be you know a part of authentic Christianity. We need to believe in in the Bible being the inspired Word of God. We need to believe in the deity of Christ. We need to believe in you know things like justification by faith. Mm-hmm. They're essentials, but there are secondary beliefs, uh, and we have differences of opinion. For example, uh, regarding the second coming how that's going to pan out. Uh, there's different views on, you know, the pre-trib return of Christ, the, yep. the mid-trib, or the, uh, that sort of stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And we have differences on that. So to insist that we all believe a certain way can become legalistic. We have different views on baptism, the form of baptism. We have different views on the Sabbath. Now, these are secondary issues. So if anybody insists that you've got to believe these to be a part of the church, that becomes legalism. And then there's what I would call moral legalism. Um, that's where the legalist attempts to become the conscience of another person. Uh, we've all come across the church police. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Bible does talk about um, uh, certain principles of uh, holiness and Christian living, yep. but somehow 
these people will think it's their right to interpret how that needs to work out in our particular life. For example, you can listen to this music, but you can't listen to that. Yes. You can watch the TV or you, you can't watch the t- TV. And uh, I've had people say to me, you know, to, to get excited about sport or to, to watch rugby is, uh, uh, you know, is sinful because… Uh, because you know, it is. Yeah, because it is. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> because, you know, the players are bad role models as well. We live in this world and, and, and you know, we, we've got to move in this world and so on. And we saw a lot of that in the church, uh, say, in the, the 1950s we, about dancing and various other yep. things that, you know, if, if people from the church then came into typical churches today, they would have a coronary. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, the fact is we have a relationship with God individually. The Holy Spirit lives inside us and uh, he leads us and guides us and uh you know, if he's telling us that something is wrong, then obviously we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in the terms of interpreting these broad principles of New Testament instruction. Mm-hmm. So there's doctrinal legalism, moral legalism. Is another one? There's another one, uh, what I would call cultural legalism or church cultural legalism. That's okay. where a local church's requirements for its people are mistaken as biblical standards. Yes. Uh, if you like, commitment to Christ becomes confused with commitment to meetings. Um, You know, uh, Jesus spoke about how the commandments of man and the traditions of man subtly replace the word of God, Uh, and that's that's legalism. Okay, would it be fair to say then that there have been a few times over history when the church has become as legalistic as any other man-made religion? Oh, look, sadly, I'd have to say yes. In fact, um, you know, we have a, a, a Bible school and um, that's accredited, and, and whenever I teach our students church history, I have to apologize before we start. I say, look, it's not good. You know, I mean, it's checkered at the best, yeah. and, and it's pretty bleak at the worst because, um, you know, we read, for example, about, or we have that term, the, the dark ages, and they were dark indeed because, um, you know, the church just turned a wrong corner and got stuck in religion and man-made commandments and rules and the church was in bondage and in error and so on. Mm. But, you know, even in those times, you can trace what we call the remnant church, the people that held on to the truth and held on to the Bible and and just their relationship with Jesus Christ and and didn't waver. But um, certainly when you look over the the history of the church, you see that um, it's been rife with legalism and, and it's competed very well with with other religions and even in more recent times i mean i i've come across people that think that uh, it's all about telling people how to dress what music to listen to whether they can have a glass of wine with their meal or not and you know getting into the nitty-gritty rules and regulations and uh, uh just really basically missing the point of it all together how do you deal to those issues though ken because uh, there are some things that uh, just aren't wise to do yeah uh, as a believer and i'm sure there are things that that God would not call us to do. Yeah. How do you address those in your own life or perhaps in the life of someone near and dear to you who perhaps yeah. you have the right to, to speak into their life without being legalistic? Yeah, well, I, I often say that, you know, one of our biggest problems is that we cannot trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. Mm. Uh, you know, we think that we've got to do that for him, but the Holy Spirit lives inside each believer and believe it or not, you know, that person has a relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead them into all truth. Now, it does it might not happen in our time, Hmm. Uh, just as he doesn't lead us into all truth in you know immediately, it's a process, and we've got to trust the Holy Spirit to do that work in their lives. Okay, is there an easy way to detect when you're being legalistic, though? Uh, look, I would say this: that legalism always pulls in the opposite direction to the cross. So, with legalism, the focus is upon self. It's not upon Jesus; it's upon self. The the things that you've got to do hmm. uh, to stay in with God, you know. But with grace. The focus is upon Jesus. I often say this, that, you know, there's basically only two religions in the world. One says do, and the other says done. 
Um, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. So there's nothing that you can do or that I can do mm. that will make God love us more. It's all been done. That's right. And there's nothing that we can do that will actually make him love us less. Now, that's risky. That's That, that sounds very dangerous preaching to to many people, they say, "Oh, no, take that away! Don't don't tell people there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more, or nothing that you will do that will make Him love you less. Otherwise, people will just run into sin." Yeah. Um, Doctor Martin Lloyd Jones, if I can quote him on that, he says, "If you're not one of these teachers that seems to imply let's continue in sin that grace may abound, you've never really preached the gospel." In other words, he's saying if you've never been accused, oh, you know, that man, he, he basically says it's okay to do whatever you want because you're under grace. Mm. Now, grace preachers and teachers never, ever teach that. But that's the logical conclusion that people come to. Oh, if you teach this, people will do that. Uh, but, you know, the grace of God actually does not lead us into sin. It's the only thing that can get us out of sin. And that's where surrender comes into the whole process yeah. because we have to make that willing choice that we are going to surrender our sinful desires and those things that are perhaps implied that we can keep on doing yeah. and say, direct me, Lord, Holy Spirit, you be the one who's driving here, not yeah. me. It's, it's, it's a trust in, in God that begun this work in us that he will complete it. Now, as I say, we, we often don't trust the Holy Spirit. We try to do that in our own lives, that work that only he can do. We try to do it in the lives of others, and that becomes legalism where we begin to give people rules and regulations. And what we're actually doing is making victory even harder for them because we're we're taking them away from the life of Christ, their true life source, and we're trying to get them married again to the law. And uh, that basically is a sterile relationship, as we've been saying. Ken Legg's been helping us to escape from legalism this week, and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.